welcome back. It's a uh, 707 first pitch tonight on Sportsnet 590. 7.07 first pitch tonight. We had this argument two days ago. Well, yeah. 707 is the You're... first pitch tonight. Ben Wagner will join us from the broadcast booth at 630. I God. misspoke. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and you, you've been wrong a lot today. This, this is wrong. Strong. Like, if we had the Blair show, the Blair and Barker show home run jacket, I'd be the wearing Blair it today. show. Yeah, I'd be wearing it today. The Blair. I today. I today. I would. I would be wearing yeah. the jacket. I think the guy that ripped off Blair on the way in here should get the jacket. No, no I'd be wearing the jacket today. You've mm. been wrong calling it desperate times and <laughs> saying that John Schneider's panicking with his move uh, of bow yeah. into. The it field. sounds to me like this has been in the works for a while. Well, they were waiting. Waiting for Brandon Belt. Um. Anyhow, seven oh seven will be the first pitch tonight. Chris Bassett against Luke Weaver. Uh, the Jays shuffling their lineup. Bo Bichette hitting cleanup. Brandon Belt in the second spot. As uh, well, I mean, John Schneider attempts to kind of play for the big inning. And I guess if you're going to play for the big inning, um, take the guy who the best average of runners in scoring position and stick him in the cleanup spot like the talk show host has been saying for five months. Now, if this doesn't work out tonight, by the way, it's all Barker's You'll fault. never, you'll never, nobody will ever say anything about that. Yeah, of course no. not. Let's bring in Jeff Passan, ESPN's MLB insider, uh, who, who lives in He's Kansas not- City. And go- gosh darn it. Hey, <laughs> let me, let me start, let me start by asking you a question, Passan. Uh, what what has a better chance of happening? <laughs> Jay's winning the World Series or Travis, Kelsey, and Taylor Swift getting hitched? Oh, I would say Travis, Kelsey, and Taylor Swift getting hitched. <laughs> that's, you you that's think not, Well, you picked the Jays to win the World Series, didn't you? I did. I did. No, I picked the Jays to get to the World oh, Series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, I picked, I picked Atlanta to win the World oh, Series. Oh, smart so. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think this is, yeah. like, this is all anybody's talking about. You think this is serious, eh? <laughs> Um, I don't know that it's serious, but what I do know is that two people who live their life in the limelight making irrational decisions while in love and being in their 30s both and staring at that clock that is tick, tick, ticking, I've seen things like that happen. <laughs> and and I haven't seen the Toronto Blue Jays look like a World Series oh, winner you go. Oh, once this year. Oh, you so came ready. No, Did you know he was going to ask you that? No, I had no idea, honestly. Wow. None whatsoever. Man. Wow. That's that's pretty good. I, I'm impressed. Wow. I'm in, I thought he had you. I'm impressed by it. No, no. Well, thanks, boys. I, I appreciate, I appreciate that. I, I, did, I did come ready to talk about the lineup, which is just like, <laughs> it's bonkers to me. That this is happening on the eve of the playoffs, and that this team that still hasn't figured out who belongs where in its lineup is is going to make the playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. barring some sort of a catastrophic collapse this weekend, the Jays are in. Do you think it's a big deal that they move Bo to the cleanup spot he's with the, four games left? He's the 11th different cleanup hitter they've had. That includes two appearances by Spencer Horowitz. Yeah. I, I feel like cleanup is honestly too low for as good of a hitter as he is. Mm-hmm. But if you but if you look at Bo Bichette's on base percentage and a slugging percentage, they actually line up pretty well for a four hitter. So uh, to to me, the more interesting part than Bo 
was belts being elevated to two, which I don't mind at all versus right-handers because mm-hmm. the guy crushes right-handers. Um, but more than that, Matt Chapman hitting eighth and Dalton Varsho hitting ninth. Like, what the hell? Um, well, they couldn't Matt hit Chapman, Chapman 11th. Otherwise, they would. Trust me. I know. I know. And that's that's the wild part of this. Like, I'm doing my uh, – I'm not putting out my free agent rankings – this week, mm-hmm. but I am putting together the spreadsheet that I use as like my my Bible every winter. It's disgusting how much effort I put into this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of embarrassed by it, but also proud enough to be talking about it on the radio. And on here, I have a ranking of, of free agents, and I'm wondering if I got Matt Chapman too high. Uh, Parker and I have had this discussion all along. I, I, I said I just think... It- it's the market that's going to that's going to determine where he goes, and, and and what I mean by that is I just don't think there's a lot out there. And when there's not a lot out there, stuff that may not be that good kind of looks better than maybe it is. Yeah, and I, uh, Jeff, I, I I guess I guess so, but he's hitting eighth, eighth. Yeah, eighth. I know. When was the last time that there's one time I can remember a nine-figure player hitting eighth? And that was when Alex Rodriguez got bumped down in the lineup by, I believe it was Joe Girardi, as more of a message than anything. And I don't know if this is a message that they're trying to send to to Matt Chapman as much as it is just sort of an indictment on where he's gone offensively. Yeah, I don't think it's a message. I think think it is a reflection of where – what did you say, Barker? He said one month this year he's at double-digit RBIs. Absolutely. That was April. He has not done it yeah. since. Yeah. He's got 51 RBIs. I know, I know that's – everybody says it's a team stat, but not if you're trying to get paid. <laughs> I mean, 51's not going to do it. I just wonder, Jeff, if the elevate he hates the elevated fastball. If I want to pay him, how would I ever know that he could adjust and hit that? He's had that issue for like five months now. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not great. It's not great when more and more the elevated fastball has become a part of pitchers' repertoire. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wish I had a better answer to the question than that. I, I haven't seen his zone profile, so I'm not familiar with what his splits look like up in the zone, but uh, I'm sure going to take a look at them tonight now that you mentioned it. Hey, and Jeff, in a market where there's not a lot of, of offensive players, uh, a lot, lot of really good offensive players, at least as far as we know right now. Can a guy who, you know, whose defense is superior, and I think Matt Chapman, we can, it's, it's still a pretty good defender. He's yeah. a gold glove caliber sure. defender. Mm-hmm. Can, that, can that outweigh that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I understand everybody, once Shohei Otani goes wherever Shohei Otani is going to go, people are going to have to, and maybe Cody Bellinger goes someplace, they're going to have to look elsewhere for offense. Um, and I, I guess what I'm getting at is could Matt Chapman actually do okay because of his defense? Will teams pay a premium for third base defense? So I was on a show in Kansas City earlier today, and the host said to me, and the host is a baseball guy, and like he, you know, he, he knows the sport. He said to me, if Brooks Robinson were playing today, would he be a Hall of Famer? And huh. we broke this and we broke this down. The question was asked because his OPS plus for his career was 105. Right. Like, Brooks Robinson, Brooks Robinson got into the Hall of Fame uh, more on his defensive reputation, on the success of his team, on the, you know, the clutchness, which 
uh, I think was weighed a lot more heavily back in the 60s and 70s. Um, and I, I came to the conclusion that, yes, he would still get into the Hall of Fame because his defense was as exceptional as it was. And Matt Chapman, from the beginning of his career, has never been a guy whose bat has been the carrying tool, right? It's like he could hit home runs and he could pick it at third. And that defensive war always put him among the leaders. And I think it's going to be a really good litmus test this offseason, just how much teams value that and, and what they look at aging at third base like. Right. Because we've got examples of guys who are a couple years ahead of him, Matty Machado and Nolan Arenado, who have been elite, elite defenders in what they look like as time goes on. Yeah, he's eight for his last 50. Like, that's... It's sort of a sample size of eight for fifties. He'll go through an eight for fifty, and then he'll have a, a like a seven for seventeen, and then he'll go through another eight for fifty. So he has a giant hole. That's the point, right? I just don't know how you can get past that if you're trying to pay him. That's the interesting thing. But I wonder, in the American League, if Seattle doesn't make it, Jeff, is that a big deal? Like, is that a disappointing, really bad season for Seattle? I think that the Mariners and the Blue Jays came into this season on pretty equal footing, right? They were both going to be in tough divisions, though I think, the, you know, the, the concern out west was more with the Angels than the Rangers. So they wound, up, they wound up being in a division that has three playoff caliber teams, just like the American League East has three playoff caliber teams. So I think the way to answer this question for you is – if the Jays didn't make it, would they be disappointed? Absolutely. And I think the answer is yeah. The, the answer is absolutely yes. I think they're at different places in their windows. I think the Blue Jays are at the beginning of their window. Uh, excuse me. I think the Mariners are at the beginning of their window uh, with with Julio Rodriguez and Cal Raleigh uh, and that really good pitching staff that they have, as opposed to the Jays. Well, I'm not sure if they're at the end, but I think they're squarely in the middle trending toward the end. Uh, so in that respect, if you just look at leverage with the number of years you have left before your window is going to close, this year was probably more important for the Jays than it was the Mariners. Jeff, our, uh, our, our, our friends uh, David Cohn and, uh, and Buster Olney uh, have uh, spent some time recently talking about MLB expansion and um, – you know, and, and Nashville is a name. Everybody seems to assume that Nashville is going to be one of the cities the game expands to, which is great. Love Nashville. And now, and, and, and the other city, though, makes me makes me really happy that I'm not a traveling baseball writer anymore. They're not going to put a team in Salt Lake City like those two guys were saying, are they? Mm. They might. Oh, I mean, why? It's a good sports town, man. Yep. Like, yeah, but what are we like gonna do? What are we gonna do at three in the morning? Are we gonna be able, like, are we gonna be able to get some nice sushi Blair, at the twenty-four hour sushi Blair. point in St. Louis like we could in St. Okay, Louis? No, nope. I was just, I was just gonna say, Blair. Number one, you're old, so that's a question that doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, that's true. Number two, we ate sushi in St. Louis at two a.m. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, Mississippi like, who, Mudcat. Who, was... who, <laughs> 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 we had catfish sashimi, Blair. Yeah, that's who true. Are we I guess. I just Salt Lake City, man. That, that's you know. I, it sounds cool. I hope they do. It sounds cool. Absolutely, was, it does. I was in. I was in. I was in Salt Lake uh, this spring for the NBA All Star Game, 
And, you know, it was, like, it was fine. Go, if, if you want to stay somewhere pretty, you can go up into the mountains, you can go to Park City, and you can have a dandy time. Like, dandy. <laughs> yeah, what a dandy time. dandy time. I want to find a place where I can have a lot to drink until I fall down and crawl home. Well, you're just or to the Marriott. To Crawl to the Marriott. I mean, that's fine. You're just going to have to drink a little bit more because the beer isn't quite as potent there. Okay. All right. I guess I'm overreacting, when, when, too. Hold on. When, when are you traveling anyway? Well, that's Very what close. I said. I prefaced it by saying I don't I don't travel that much anymore. Yeah. Or no. Say you're, I don't you're even have a Nexus though. card. Seriously? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I... I mean, wow. I can't remember the last time I went to the States, to be honest. Well, it was a shame. We, we, need, we, need, we need more Jeff Blair. Well, uh, everybody, <laughs> yeah. everybody needs oh. more Jeff Blair. That's what oh. I keep trying to tell the people at the oh. station here. Hey, Je- Jeff, jo- Josh Hader said he don't like pitching in the eighth uh, inning. What did you? Didn't let Jeff ask, answer the Salt So Salt Lake is oh. a legit, it's a legit city, I though, thought he did. to be he considered, it, right? Said. Oh, yeah, it's, it's legit. I mean, they, you, know, you know what would have been great? Uh, it would have been great if baseball stayed in Oakland and they expanded in Vegas and Nashville. That's what would have been great. Yeah. yeah. That's what would have been I'm ideal. That would have, that would have solved all the problems. But now it's going to be Nashville and a, a city that I think is seen as second tier potentially. Uh, you know, is it Portland? Probably not. Um, it, you know, Salt Lake. Here's the thing about Salt Lake. Salt Lake has a really good ownership group behind it okay. same guys who have been in charge of the jazz uh it's the same people who have been philanthropists throughout the city and uh are are really really well respected in business circles and as human beings and i think that plays into their favor okay that'd be nice to get human beings in that'd be okay all right you win i i i, <laughs> I apologize to salt lake city i'm sure Do you no Barker, you had another question. No, I was wondering about Josh Hader. When I heard him say he didn't like pitching in the eighth inning because he's not on a contender, what should that tell me about Josh Hader? Uh, it should tell you that he's like pretty much every other uh, relief pitcher in baseball these days. But they days. don't say it out loud, do they? Yeah, I know. I, no, they don't say it out loud, which is why I actually have a little bit more respect for Josh Hader for saying the thing that he's not supposed to say. Hmm. A, I mean, it's the, same, it's the same reason why I think like everybody – just crapping on George Kirby was a little bit excessive because this is like, this is the consequence of how pitchers are bred, right? Like this is what happens when you say to a pitcher, we're going to give you your inning. Not we expect multiple innings out of you. No, you've got your inning and it's going to be that, or you just need to get a six. Don't even bother with a hundred pitches because that's eh, too many. No need for that. Just give us, are 90 pitches in six innings. You have to train to be what you can. And that's not how baseball does it these days. They don't train to make guys uh, at the edge of their capabilities. They train to ostensibly keep them healthy when they don't even know if what they're doing is going to keep them healthy. It's the epitome of stupidity. And I wrote about this seven years ago in my book, and it has not changed since because baseball people are afraid and stubborn, and there's no worse combination than afraid and stubborn. Yeah, I think uh, A.J. Pruszynski was talking about this. And, you know, I thought A.J. Pruszynski, you know, kind of a, kind of a hard ass. 
he said, "Hey, I, this is this is he's this is his thing. Like it, this is apparently is is Josh Hader. He's made this known, um, and that's you know that's AJ didn't now, have a problem. Yeah, sure. AJ didn't have yeah, a problem yeah. with it. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can argue that Josh Hader, when he started as a reliever." was going multiple innings at a time and that he's just doing this now one inning at a time because he's about to be a free agent and he doesn't want to put his hundred million dollars in peril. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that a, is that a fair and or reasonable thing for a player to say or do? I think it is. Absolutely. But what if it comes at the expense of the team? Like, I mean, it's it's hard. If the if the Padres were contenders right now, do you think he would be willing to pitch more than than mm. he is? I mean, that's a great question. That is a great question. It is. That is a great question. I'm going to say no. That that that. See, I think he would. And you think so? Me, I do. Mm. I do. I think if I think if the Padres were in a fight for an actual playoff spot right now then Josh Hader would be going out there and would be willing to get four or five or even six outs. And, and I res- listen, I respect Jordan Romano for, for being able and willing to do that in the past, and the Jays may need that from him this year. Um, our friends, the Tampa Bay Rays, are coming into town. Uh, well, they're in town already. They have an off day today. They've got a three-game series against the Jays. They may end up facing the Jays in the first round. And I love what the Rays did last night. They just decided to celebrate because they had all this champagne and they've Mm -hmm. already clinched a playoff spot and my thought process was you know maybe you save it until i don't know the outside the outside chance that you end up winning the division and baltimore loses but then i thought you know what first of all one do you really want to celebrate in the ballpark uh the team you're about to play in the playoffs and two Two, why carry the champagne through customs? Just drink it now. Like, I give the raise, and you got an off day, so everybody's hung over as hell, and it doesn't matter. And I love what Kevin Cash said. We do, we did this because we're the raise. We do things differently. This, to me, is just another reason to love this team, that they're celebrating nothing. It's great. Honestly, though, isn't that how we should approach life? Mm-hmm. Um, in reality... Is our birthday really a special day? Not, it, not once you get you, to be it, my age, it isn't. No, no. It, I, I think once you get past childhood, it's not a special day at all. My birthday was September 21st. If you wanted to celebrate on September 20th or September 22nd or, or October 8th, I don't give a damn. Let's just celebrate. I'm with you. There, there, shouldn't, there shouldn't be any reason that we have to celebrate. We should just celebrate to celebrate. I see, there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm. Again, I think the Rays have just. It's just such a Rays thing to do. And I, I was, cause I know, I, I know, Topkin and I, Topkin had, had a little fun with it. And uh, I just think, you know, what the hell? Why not? Um, you, you've got an off day in Toronto. You can be hungover. You don't have to get out of bed. It makes perfect sense to me. It makes Honestly, perfect sense. It sounds. I, 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 I like coinciding it with with the off day. Yeah. I think that is a a smart. Listen. Do you ever need to give a group of 20-something men a reason to go drink heavily? No. 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 You Not can... for free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you can go and celebrate your season any damn time you want to. Yeah, I'm, Absolutely. I, I'm with you. 
Now, hold on one second. Okay. Well, last one. Last one I, from uh, Barker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Solon it's doing, a tough one. This uh, is the skill uh, testing not, question. Re- not really. I think we've had this conversation before about the stolen base. And the only reason I'm asking you this again is Lindor, I think, got his 30th stolen base, which makes him a 30-30 guy. Why do I not care? Like, the, the stolen base now... He's never had 30 stolen bases, and all of a sudden I'm supposed to think that's special because the bases are closer together? Like, why do I not care anymore, Jeff? I should care, shouldn't I? I don't know, dude. I've always been of the mind that as human beings we worship round numbers for no particularly good reason. It's the same thing as celebrating my birthday on September 20th or 22nd as opposed to 21st. There's no difference between 29 and 31 stolen bases to me. The, the point is Francisco Lindor ran a lot and ran successfully this year and hit a bunch of home runs, and good for him. You don't have to celebrate the numbers themselves. You should celebrate the player and how high quality his play was this year. Yeah. I'm, I, well, I'm, I'm basically saying because the bases are closer, that's why he stole 30 bases. He's never done it before. Yeah, I, that's no, what I'm saying. I, the, the, yeah, yeah the re, it's, it's the reason Ronald Acuna stole 70 as opposed to, like, 40 or 50, too. And that's that's fine. But rules change. Like, yeah. the you know, the, the fences are, are closer than they used to be. And, uh, you know, the, the fastballs are harder than they used to be. The game is always evolving. If we're going to sit here and diminish amazing accomplishment because the evolution of the game doesn't coincide with what you grew up watching or what you once recognized it to be, you're the one who needs to change, not the game. Nice. Yeah, I'm well, with you. you. And, I, and I still, listen, I, my favorite season is still Howard Johnson's 30-30-20 season. 30 homers, 30 steals, 20 errors. That, to me, is still the best season. <laughs> That's still the best season in baseball history. I'm with you on that one, buddy. Uh, Mr. Pass, we're going to let awesome. you scoot. Anytime you can mention Howard Johnson in a show, it's good. Be well, my Thanks, friend. Jeff. See you, boys. See you. Jeff Passon of ESPN. Yeah, 1987. Howard Johnson, 32 bags, 36 homers. How many errors? I loved watching Howard Johnson yeah, play. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I don't know. Howard Johnson, I don't know how 21 I'm errors. To, I don't know how I'm supposed Jesus, to Jesus, he had 24 errors. I don't know why I don't care. I saw that because I used to be the guy. You, you have goals at the beginning of the season that that I used to write down yeah, on a yeah, piece of paper, yeah. and it'd be always be thirty and a hundred, never be three hundred because I was never a good enough right. hitter to have, to hit three hundred. But it was always thirty and a hundred. And now you're starting to see but these don't guys. Don't you think? Okay, 40, thirty and thirty. Yeah, forty, 40 and seventy. The seventy's different than thirty. Yeah. Absolutely. But why would I care about thirty thirty? Like. Yeah. It used to be a big thing. Oh, he's a 30-30 guy. No, it, now oh, it's like, gosh, oh, well, yeah. he's never done it. So well, why would I care now? The bases are closed. I mean, I, I remember That's our, all. our very good friend Marquise Grissom had, what did he have, 70 steals one year, and the Jays tried to criti- or the Jays, the uh, Expos tried to criticize him in arbitration, said stolen bases were overrated. Yeah, 70's different, though, and, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I yeah. mean, but the point is, mm-hmm. I'm with you. 33 33- yeah, old time baseball cards. Thirty thirty was a big deal. A giant, like you, was, huge you, had, deal. you were thirty thirty. What? Yeah. Now it's like whatever, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I shouldn't feel that way. Thirty it's pretty cool. Thirty thirty twenty is pretty good. You got to be a hell of a. I don't think you'd ever tell anybody the twenty. The twenty party's gonna leave out. Think about it. You got to be a hell of a player <laughs> to do that. Thirty thirty twenty. You're in the lineup every day. You're good enough to hit thirty home runs, but you're still in the lineup every day making twenty errors. Uh, he was a terrific player. Man. Yeah. He was a fun dude to talk to, too, post-game. Howard Johnson. Again, I get cool oh, it's just it's those Mets teams with Hernandez and Hojo and Ron Darling. They were just so much fun to be around. They were, God, they were fun. Yeah.
Uh, nobody cares. Uh, ben <laughs> Wagner is the Blue Jays play-by-play voice on I Sportsnet. Uh, he will join us next from the ballpark where he, like the rest of us, is getting ready to celebrate the 28th of Botember, which will, uh, the celebration will commence at 7.07 uh, with the, uh, anyhow, it'll be Chris Bassett on the mound against Luke Weaver. Jay's looking to prevent the Yankees from sweeping the series. Jay's looking to extend their hold on the wild card spot and to prove to Mr. Barker that it really isn't desperate times, despite the fact that he's been trying to convince us all day that moving Bo Bichette into the cleanup spot is a sign of desperation as opposed to, I think, intelligence. It's Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to uh, Blair and Barker. We're just hearing a... Uh, I, I didn't hear the story about Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson just hit a... Uh, or not just, but he hit a three-run homer today for the Brewers. I'm telling you, that... I got a feeling about the Brewers this offseason. But... Uh, offseason? Or this this postseason, I should say. Um, and then uh, Mark Boffo, our producer, told me about... Uh, I didn't realize the whole Josh Donaldson thing when he walked into the Brewers clubhouse. He didn't introduce himself any of his teammates. Why would he have to? Rowdy Telez said, you're supposed to... He said, no, they know who I am. That's Anyhow, true. They know now. <laughs> what an Anyhow. MVP. <clears throat> what? What an MVP. <clears throat> Josh Donaldson. You live under a rock? Oh, yeah, I didn't know who you were. Hey, nice to meet you. What's your name again? <laughs> what? Oh, this man needs no introduction. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for a segue. You walked in it. This man needs no introduction. He is Ben Wagner, the uh, Blue Jays Boy. radio voice. Ben, he's been waiting all day yeah. to ask you this question. Uh, yeah, that's right, fan. Jeff. Uh, I don't go to you. They come yeah. to me. Well, that... <laughs> they come to me, Jeff. That's true. Mm-hmm. So give me credit for this lineup, please. Oh, boy. You know what? I remember having conversations yes. very early in spring training. Yes, we did. About this exact topic. Yes. And you and said, and Barker, I'm going to give Wagner credit. You thought, and Bo hit cleanup in a couple of spring training games. And you made the point that you thought that was, that's the way it yeah. should be. And yeah. I was with you. I, and this was an educated conversation, right? I mm-hmm. mean, being in spring training, talking to the coaches, trying to figure out how the Blue Jays would construct their lineup, expecting more from a couple of left-handed bats, especially at the start, and Dalton Varsho and Brandon Belt. There was a large belief even then in, in the small circle in the coach's room and people that make these decisions when it's time to roll it out there once the lights go on that Bo Bichette would have been a great choice as a run producer into that cleanup spot. And... While Bo hasn't been batting fourth this season, the Blue Jays have kind of flexed around the cleanup spot in their batting order. They moved flexed is Springer. a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, I would so, use yeah. another word, but go yeah, ahead. I know, <clears throat> I know, I know. But yeah, this you know what this is something that has been kicked around for a long time and and very early 
in the stages of spring training. So this, I saw the lineup today. I asked John Schneider uh, Tuesday. Tuesday was the first game of this homestand about how he would construct the lineup. If you get quality at bats coming from Brandon Belt, they have the two lefties stacked up early in this series with Brandon Belt, Kevin Biggio. I said, would you lean? on back-to-back lefties if the lineup could present it that way and Belt could go into that cleanup spot? Or would you want to get a left-handed bat, i.e. today, into the top three, and would you be comfortable having Bo down into that cleanup spot? And he said, well, we're discussing that once again. So once again, I mean, this is not something that just somebody rolled out of bed with a feeling you know, about this is something that had taken a lot of calculation, a lot of discussion, and today was the day. Any concern you think with the Blue Jays, John Snyder, that Bo Bichette's at bat will go in the direction they don't want him to go in? Big Daddy Hacks. You remember he yeah. would struggle, helmet would fly off, hair's cool. We, lo- we love seeing that, except when he misses the ball. You think we'll see a little bit of that in hitting cleanup, or is it that short and quick? I'm okay with a 17-hop single to right field. Well, I think the human nature of this whole thing, right, is when you look at your your place in a lineup card, you think, all right, I'm a cleanup hitter. I'm supposed to produce runs. This is a lineup right now that is not producing a lot of runs. I need to change what I do. I don't know that that necessarily falls into the psyche of Bo Bichette, who is very comfortable with the athletic presence that he has. Uh, on the diamond, defensively, offensively. He's really comfortable in his own skin. And I asked him the same question in a different way when he was moved into that leadoff spot, right? Do you change what you try to do? And he goes, I'm not changing anything about what I want to do That's when awesome. I'm in the batter's box. Hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, all, all kidding aside, I think it, the, the reason that, you know, I've been talking about this and I think other people, well, I know you've been talking about it as well. And Kevin, uh, kind of has touched on it is, is look it became apparent that this this lineup's not good enough to consistently have a big inning unless you basically take your four four most productive hitters stack them at the top and then figure out you know figure out where you're going to go from there like that's i think really what john schneider's playing for right now he's i i don't think he thinks this team's going to string four or five hits together three times a game i think his idea was i got one big inning hopefully you know, hopefully the right guys come up when that situation right. presents itself, and, uh, and and away we go. Mm. And it's about early in the ball game too. Can yes. you manufacture a run early in the ball game, alleviate a little pressure, knowing how consistent and for most of the season dominant the starting rotation has been, and, and then pass the baton to the bullpen with a one-run lead. So uh, this is. The Blue Jays are really happy with a couple of things. Brandon Belt, his return, swing decisions, what they have seen from that swing, both behind the scenes and then in game competition. Remember, he's only two days off the IL, and he had both of the Blue Jays' hits last night. Uh, can he get himself on base? Can Bo change how perhaps an opponent approaches pitching to Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? Also knowing that it's likely to produce a different approach from an opponent on how they pitch Bo Bichette at the same time in that cleanup spot. Mm -hmm. But you want Bo to get the ball in play, and there are very, very few empty at-bats involving Bo Bichette. And right now, the Blue Jays cannot afford any empty at-bats. If they can get somebody on early in a ball game and get Bo part of that run-producing structure, this is the move that they want to have Bo. I I do have a little hesitation that in a tight ball game in the eighth or ninth inning, 
all of a sudden the top of the order is coming around, and all of a sudden you're trying to now click out what will it take to get Bo Bichette mm. at at bat in a tight ball game down the stretch. Um, and that is, that's what the beauty of having Bo batting second, right, is you could bank on the fact that that spot in the lineup is coming around in the eighth or the ninth when you want somebody to hit it out of the ballpark or plug the gap and get a double or get somebody in with just a base hit the opposite way. Ben, do you think Matt Chapman can keep a positive aura around himself when he's hitting eight? You know, Matt wears his emotions on his sleeve a lot. You know, and sometimes we see it, sometimes we hear it, sometimes we hear about it after the fact as well. It's been a really difficult summer for Matt Chapman, and it's something that the Blue Jays were really aware of, something John Schneider even addressed and made a point to say, hey, we're behind you, keep grinding, and one of these days you're going to have a big hit for us in a big situation. Um, that is that is what they're giving him message-wise, offensively, knowing that they love him on the hot corner. And they're trying to take now away a little bit of the pressure, getting him down to that eight spot. It's probably long overdue, to be honest with you. I mean, he hasn't done it a lot in his career, period. But it is a spot where he was coming up in too many RBI situations and wasn't producing for the Blue Jays, batting in that five and six slot. So, again, this is a lineup that needs wins. They need wins right now. And it is constructed a certain way. And that's why Chappie gets bumped down. And it's up to Matt Chapman now to, to flip his psyche about being in this spot in the lineup. Yeah, it can't be easy, though. I mean, he's a veteran no. guy. He's trying to get paid, and sure. yeah, I, I know he's he's earned it. I mean, he's eight for his last fifty. He's earned it. He don't. He don't. He's an easy out. Like, let's be honest about. It. You can't spend it any other way. You need to get him out. You know, everybody in the park knows where they're going to throw him. And I just think you know, it can't be the easiest thing for him. That's all. I feel for him a little. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Especially knowing what we fell in love with Matt Chapman and his change in what he was doing at the plate, the April that he had. And then it just cratered. It cratered on him. And mm-hmm. nobody is more apparent. Nobody is more aware of what this season has turned out to be than the guy holding the bat. Ben, be honest with me. Are you surprised at how good Chris Bassett's season has been? Yes. I yeah, am. I'm with you, too. I, I, mean. thought, I thought there would be way more ups and downs with Chris Bassett this season. And talking with some guys that got to know him a little bit last year in New York, of course, the A's have a large body of work. And, you know, you, tr- you trade messages with people in the industry that you know. You talk to some scouts that had had their eyes on him for a really long time in his life. Um, you know, Chris is a guy that that wears a lot, one, in, in what he wants to do in the mental approach to a game. And he tries to bring a lot to the mound. And he's a real deep thinker out there. And it's been his detriment at times. It, it really has. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of fell in love with the storyline about being the mad scientist with the pitchcom device and how he could manipulate the entire approach to how he wanted to work a batter, work the timer at the same time, plus then go out there and, and deal. But, you know, a guy that doesn't have an overpowering fastball has relied a lot on spin, and he's not getting barreled up. A- and I was really, really suspect. I thought... Maybe we'd get really good pockets of play from Chris Bassett. Maybe there would be some clunkers in there. But, you know, Chris Bassett's been there, and he's going to be the reason that the Blue Jays have success, one, starting tonight. And then, of course, if this thing gets rolling in October the way everybody hopes it should, Chris Bassett will be one of those main guys getting the ball for the Blue Jays. Yeah, he's set a career high in terms of quality starts. He's set a career high in terms of innings pitched. And 
uh, you know, to, to me, it just it just kind of reflective of the whole man. They've had such a good year pitching wise that it just it would be a shame to waste this year. It 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 really would. Yeah. Uh, ben, any any chance at all that they would throw somebody other than Jordan Romano in the ninth inning? No, I, the, you know, talking with people down in the clubhouse today, that is something. While they're they're completely comfortable mm-hmm. manipulating the lineup, looking at things like that, they know their closer. They they look at the optics, they look at the body of work. I I get the strong feeling that there is no question that Jordan Romano is the closer of the Toronto Blue Jays, and when the final three outs are required for the Blue Jays to sew up a victory, the ball will be in his hands. Then mm. we're going to let you run. Rest the pipes. Appreciate your time as always. You're awesome, buddy. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good one. See ya. Ben Wagner, the radio voice of the Blue Jays. 707 first pitch. Huh. You surprised at how good Bassett's year has been? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not? No. Mm -mm. Uh, The conversation. The guy that you said was needy? Yeah, yeah. That didn't didn't mean that I thought he was going to have a down year. Okay. He's a smart dude. Smart dudes figure out ways when something not feeling right to get it back on the tracks quicker. And there was expectations coming into the season. And, and again, you know, I think he's worked really hard to find the location of the fastballs. The late movement on the two-seamer and that occasional cutter. And I've said this to you a bazillion times. When he's got both, he's almost unhittable. When he's got the sinker, that will just sort of line everything up mechanically. He doesn't have to shake off as much when he's got that right. It's sort of like a security blanket that he can go to in a big moment because of how much it breaks and where the mm-hmm. location is. And, you know, he can go up with it. How many two-seamers dudes do you see throw that pitch up? It's rare. It he will rare. do that, right? He's trying to take the sting out of your bat. He's not trying to always strike you out. So, yeah, I saw that one in spring training, and I said – the only reason I said that is <laughs> – is I no, saw was, him, I heard him actually right. having the conversation with, I think it was Kirky or Catchers, and it makes all your head almost pop off. And then I saw him taking the tape whoop, and like lining and splitting the plate in like six parts. And then that's when I was like, holy moly, how are they going to get through the season with that? And then you watch him pitch and how he does and just the, the way he talks and this time of the year, the way a veteran guy that you pay money is supposed to act, and he acts that way, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, you know, it used to be, we used to always talk about leadership in a team and all that, and I know it's an overrated thing, but the the idea always was, well, it's hard for a starting pitcher to be a quote-unquote leader because they only work once every five days. But, man, this rotation is, that's, I think they're they're the leaders on this team. Well, like you they pitch set well. the tone. They pitch well. They, they do. Yeah, yeah. If you did, if they didn't pitch well and they were still talking, you'd roll your eyes. Four one six four one three three nine five nine. That is the back leg line. Your chance to leave questions, comments, observations for Kevin Barker. Curtis in Alberta, for example, decided to do that, and he's being rewarded by hearing his question or comment on the air. Curtis, I have a comment to make. I think it's a matter of simple math. Uh, with four games left, no management is making a decision like that uh, on intelligence. Uh, I would have to go with Kevin on that. It's uh, desperation. Uh, because if they're making decisions with four games left on intelligence, they probably won't be managing very much longer. And I do think Salt Lake City would be a wonderful place for mm-hmm. a baseball team. It would be another team out west. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, they could call it the Salt Lake City Shakers, Jeff. Ooh. Have a great day. Enjoy the show. Bye. That hell's it. Salt Lake City Shaker? I don't uh, get it. Call them the bees. I like that. Isn't that, isn't that what they're called? Didn't they? Didn't they? Oh, I get it. Like a salt shaker. I, I don't The bees? Wasn't there, didn't he call it, isn't there, was it Fresno Beast? So you Some made fun of a bees. guy that wanted to call it the Shakers. Salt Lake Shakers. And you want to call them the bees. I I mean, it's not like Judge and Otani. <laughs> Number one, you're old. <laughs> that didn't do that. Don't blame me. Hey, uh, what was yes. his first question? What was his first comment? I forgot. Oh, no, he, his, his, his question was about he agreed with me when it came to uh, the decision to move Bo down in the order and said that they should have listened to me months ago when the decision was made. Yeah, I think right now it's common sense. Oh. Like, it's, sometimes you just don't ever think it, right? And I think yeah. that's where they're, they're having a real issue at home, as you well know, and everybody yeah. that's watched the Blue Jays, of having competitive at-bats over and over again. They're trying to maximize what every guy does really, really well. Mm -hmm. And Bo, with dudes that are standing at second and third, do it better than anybody else on the team. So you put a couple of guys in front of him that are going to get on base, and hopefully he can get a big hit. It's just that stay within yourself. Don't do a whole lot. Leading off and hitting cleanup, that's not the same. Your conversation will be different. All right. The expect he is changing nothing leading off. Leading off is I'm going to try and hit a 17 hopper to the right fielder and get on first base. I'm hitting cleanup. It's exactly what it sounds. Cleanup. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I think I, all kidding aside, I'm. 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 A, the reason that I wanted him hitting cleanup is I just I, I wanted this team to be able to put together a, a big inning. And and I keep thinking too about what Alex Anthopoulos said. You know, and it is true. You're getting to the point now. I mean, maybe not now because the Yankees aren't playing for anything, and Tampa Bay is probably all hungover um, for celebrating the fact that well, they they won. Yeah, I'm not. Everybody I'm, that matters on their team's hurt, and yeah. they still are in the playoffs. But, mm, mm, them. You know, my 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 point is that um, you know Alex Anthopoulos talked about how in the in the postseason power wins, and it's uh, it's awfully hard when you're facing good pitching to string together three or four hits multiple times in a game and, and yeah. that's why I like this move. You play for the maybe the big innings the first inning. I think I absolutely you know? it doesn't matter because you're pitching who cares inning. what it is, right? It'll take a little pressure. I I think it will tell you that they've been hesitant, at least John has, of messing around with Bo and Vladdy in the order. He sort of liked Bo in front of Vladdy. Like it's if you if you know if a guy's like Springer's not there, they just put Bo in the leadoff right. spot. That was, like they want him in front of Vladdy right? yes. without telling you. That's true. Now, because of this whole thing, right, is maybe this will give Vladdy a little bit more protection, maybe get him, because he needs it. Let's be honest. Like he's overthinking it. Maybe it just gets him a ball down the middle, short and quick. Don't overthink it. With Bo coming up with dudes on base, so maybe it's just sort yeah. of you're killing a couple birds with one stone. And give Brandon Bell credit. His on base percentage is 370. That's the reason why you put him in the tool. If you're going to move Bo, I've said this to you, you got to have a guy to put in his place. It ain't Kiermaier for me. Okay. It ain't Cavan for me. And it ain't nobody else. So he I makes mean, well, perfect sense. Yeah. You know, look, uh, Brandon Bell. I mean, I you know, my concern with Brandon Belt was just Brandon Belt's a cleanup hitter. I have no problem with Brandon Belt being on the team, obviously. But uh, I, I just think that I, I do I do like this lineup. I do like this lineup a lot better. 
Um, I just hope it's not too, looks, too late. It, yeah, it looks healthy. Yeah, it, that, like it looks like they're, they got a pitch fair to those point. guys. Taylor and Kitchener. I just wanted to, first of all, start by saying um, I know the last two games have been pretty ugly. Obviously, Garrett Cole put on an absolute clinic last night. But um, I still have faith in uh, in the Jays. I think they're going to get in. I think they're going to get in, um, you know, on their own merit by winning a few games here in the next four. But uh, kind of what I wanted to touch on is I've heard a lot of talk about um, people saying that it's possible that, you know, going into the weekend, whether tonight or tomorrow, Texas kind of locks up the division um, and, and are kind of worried about them sitting some of their, you know, players. Now, just thinking that over, if, if Texas does lock up their division, you know, they're going to have, they're going to have probably, I don't know what the dates are exactly, but almost a week off because they will get a buy through the wild card. Does it make sense to sit many guys? I'd like to hear kind of maybe Kevin or, you know, Jeff as well. You can probably touch on Jeff that. as but, well. You know, are they going to sit many guys or, you know, they're going to get enough rest over the next uh, week during the wild card that, that they might just, you know, let their guys play and rest while they're off. Yeah, it's fun to know what you think. Yeah, it's a Thanks, great question. Guys. Go Jays. Thank yeah, you. I think yeah, it's Jeff I, as well. I think it's Bruce Bochy. Like I, I think he's been there and done it before. W- would they give him two or two days off? Probably not. Maybe the last day of the season, if that last game doesn't mean anything, you won't it's, want to take any chances and get one of your veteran guys injured. Yeah, it's. But I, I wouldn't see a ton of that. Right? They're not going to sit the whole lineup. I was going to say yeah. it's, it, it's different. It's different, I would think, with position players than pitchers. Um, in, in terms of sitting, I've, I've, I've got to think. Well, I mean, let's see. So there, Texas wins the division. So yeah, they've got some time off. I, I got to think that a lot of those, a lot of the regulars would want to at least start the game if that game means nothing. I, I think you'd probably see them get a couple of at bats and then shut it down. I also think. I mean, let's be honest. It's going to depend when they celebrate. Like if they if they if they clinch stuff on Saturday, they're all going to be hung over. They ain't going to be playing Sunday. Uh, so your caller makes a good and and that's why in baseball or any sport, but particularly baseball, that's why I keep saying it's important you lock up your playoff spot as soon as you can, so you can do some planning. Like yeah, well said, it, it just is. Mm-hmm. You know it. If, if the Jays need Kevin Gossman on the last day of the season to get in the playoffs, well, it's good that they're in the playoffs. To me, that's not that's not a good thing. I'm not sure about it. I'm, I'm not sure that I'm going to speak for you, but I'm okay with Chris Bassett pitching game one. I mean, I think that's who it would be. I'm okay with that. I mean, if you got to use Gossman, you got to use Gossman. Like, this is, I, I guess I. Like, you, you pass the baton to. The other guy. I mean, that's that would fair, just mean that would just point. mean game three, that's right? You're, you're probably Gosman would have to come back a little shorter rest, but Ooh. you know, you know, he'd do that. Like, yeah, he, but do, the do, numbers do, on short rest are no like bueno. Game no three, bueno. game three of that thing, dude. I'm, it's uh, give it to me. Yeah. So they'll figure it out, right? But I'm okay. Like their their rotation, I think is is okay enough. Their bullpen has not pitched enough that it worries you when it comes to you having to abuse them in three games. So, yeah, I'm okay with all that. But, yeah, I uh, win three out of four and you don't have to worry about it, Jay. It's like this, is, right, you don't want to limp into the playoffs even if you do make it. It's right in front of you. And you made a good point. You know, if there's any manager in baseball that has had to Boach. figure out how to keep a team sharp, 
going into the playoffs after they've clinched his spot, it's Boach because he had to do that with San Francisco at least a couple of times. Yeah, he had to figure out how to keep guys healthy. I've always thought it's just it's it's all about it's all about the pitching at at this point in the season and. And to me, you let the hitters do what they want to do. I'm sure there's some guys, and I don't know the numbers. There may be guys chasing, I don't know, 30 home runs or something like that. I'm sure they'll want to. I'm sure a guy like Corey Seager probably, he's, you know, I mean, I haven't looked. Has he got the batting title sewn up? I don't even know. I mean, there's all that stuff going on mm-hmm. uh, with the Texas Rangers. But as I said, I think the you know, worst case scenario is Texas clinches on Saturday. They go you-know-what on Saturday night. They're all hung over Sunday, and the Jays are, Futures hanging in the balance, and here comes a hungover Texas Rangers team already has crappy pitching, you know, facing a Seattle team. Well, afraid to win, Jace. Nope. Be good to do it tonight. And, of course, that will happen because Bo Bichette is Got no excuses now. Up. This is the best lineup you can run out there. Yep. Go get them, boys. Ah. God, it feels good to be right. Anyhow, that's uh, well, that's hope it for. This goes good. Well, if it doesn't, it's your fault, as I said. Well, you'll hear about it. I know I'll hear. About oh it. yeah, uh, that's it for us today. We will be around to do Blue Jays talk post game following the Jays six one win over the New York Yankees. Uh, feel free to call us. We'll be back tomorrow. From, what? What can go wrong? We'll be back tomorrow from five to seven Eastern on Sportsnet five ninety The Fan and Sportsnet. And uh, yeah, have yourself. Great night. Enjoy the baseball.